Well, thank you. It's lovely and special to be able to gather around a table like that together, isn't it? Um, And thank you to the guys who who helped uh, in serving as well. This is going to be a shorter sermon this morning. I want to honour your time, um, which is something you probably thought I would never say. Um, But I do. I want to honour your time this morning, and I don't want to take away from what the Spirit is doing in this place um, by going on and on. Uh, But we have been going through a series called The Unshakables, looking at how we as the people of God can become the unshakable people of God. Um, And uh, we've looked at at many things and it finds its its roots right through the fact that the unshakable life is rooted in um, Jesus Christ. Uh, And this morning we're going to be looking at this idea of the unshakable devotion. Um, And we're going to look at the unshakable devotion that we can have as the people of God to God, first and foremost. In our lives, life is full of distractions, isn't it? Life is full of distractions. I've, I've started this new thing where I put my phone on do not disturb until 10 o'clock in the morning because I function best in the morning. Chloe would maybe argue with that, but I do, I function best in the morning. So if I want to spend that time alone with God, if I want to um, really press into Him, if I want to get the bulk of, of some of the work, done i try and do it before 10 o'clock and put my phone on do not disturb the other day i forgot to put my phone on do not disturb and the phone was going from quarter past eight distractions left right and center text messages phone calls facebook twitter emails notifications from bbc news all this sort of stuff our life is full of distractions Um, But this morning we want to look at how we can have an unshakable devotion to God amidst all of these distractions and how we can focus in on him. The next slide for us, Graham, if you could. Um, My clicker won't work because I couldn't find my wee connector. The clicker's fine, but the wee connector's not. Um, And the whole crux of this morning is this, that the unshakable life passionately pursues God through a life of of devotion i wonder if you've ever passionately pursued something maybe it was your spouse i hope it was your spouse (laughs) um but i have the honor of being chaplain to harland and wolf welders uh, football club and yesterday we sadly got beat again um (laughs) i know but sadly we got beat and we played some good football but it just wasn't to be and somebody there turns uh, at the final whistle, one of the directors, and he says, well, that's a weekend ruined. That's the weekend ruined. And, and sometimes we can passionately pursue things to the point where if it doesn't go the way that we want it to, it ruins our rhythm, it ruins our weekend, it ruins our week, maybe even ruins our year, if we want to be really melodramatic about it. But here, as we think about this, devotion to God, we need to realise, and we don't have the time that I would have liked to untease and unpack all of this, but we need to be people who passionately pursue God. Passionately pursue God. You see, we have 
taken part and partaken of communion this morning. Where we remember how God passionately pursued us. And we are called to passionately pursue God through a life of devotion to him. The next slide will show um, some scripture from Luke chapter 10. And it says this. As they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary. Who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. That always makes me chuckle. Martha went up to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and says, tell her to do that. But tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her. Martha. Martha. You're anxious and troubled by many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion. Which will not be taken from her. Martha, Martha, you notice that Jesus says her name twice, because you can imagine the scene here, she's flustered, she's annoyed, she's been pushed to her limits, you ever been pushed to your limits, and you're trying to keep a straight face on, and, but she's, she's up to hide and Jesus, the scriptures do tell us that a kind word or a gentle word turns away wrath. And Jesus is going, Martha. Martha. You're anxious and troubled by many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion. Which will not be taken from her. The next slide will show our first point, And probably our only point that we're going to get to do this morning but that one thing devotion we are called to be devoted to one thing we are called to be devoted to one thing and that one thing is Jesus we are called to be devoted to Jesus you see the we as human beings were created with this internal need a necessity to worship something. That something was always, always, always intended to be God. But as we look around our world, and maybe even as we look a little bit closer to home in our own personal lives, very often that thing that we worship isn't God. Very often... That one thing that we were called to be devoted to falls by the wayside. I remember being convicted as a teenager, not of a crime, but being convicted by a speaker as a teenager who said, How long have you spent in the word this morning? Uh, how long have you spent in the word this week? 
and it was, he was preaching just as I'm preaching, so he wasn't asking a direct question to me personally, but I felt that he was. And I sort of talked that up in my mind, and I thought, oh, do you know what, that's not too bad. Then the follow-up question is, how, how long have you spent watching TV this week? And I went, oh, for goodness sake. Because it was considerably more. And it's not TV for everything, and TV's not bad. But the reality is that we're called to be devoted to God above all else. The scriptures say that you're called to be devoted to, husbands are called to be devoted to their wives, and wives are called to be devoted to their husbands. Absolutely. <coughs> Absolutely. But that devotion is secondary. Because Jesus himself said in the book of Matthew, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then everything else, everything else will be added. Oh, then all these things. You sang it in probably assembly at school. Or you sang it at Sunday school growing up. Then all these things will be added unto you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But we're called to be devoted to God above all else. And this is a really simple message this morning. Who are you pursuing? What are you pursuing? The church in Rome, to the one to which Paul wrote to in the first century. In the next slide, Paul writes to the church in Rome and he says, We exchange the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal men and birds and animals and creeping things. Here he's talking about idol worship that was creeping into the church in Rome. Something that was prevalent, something that was at the forefront, something which was sadly first and foremost. They'd taken their eyes off God and they'd started to worship images. They'd started to worship statues. They'd started to worship men. They'd started to worship the emperor. And you might be sitting thinking, well, we don't live in first century Rome. We don't live in an age where we worship images or we worship people or we worship this. The book of Ecclesiastes says very, very clearly that there's nothing new under the sun. What was happening then is happening now. And it might not be birds. It might not be animals. It might not be creepy, creeping things. But it might, it might just be that you're worshipping your spouse. It might just be that you're worshipping your partner. It might just be that you're worshipping your children or your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews. It might just be that you're worshipping Glentoran Football Club or Liverpool Football Club or A Football Club. It might just be that you're worshipping your car. It might just be that you're worshipping this, that, or the other. And you might think, no, that's not me. That sounds so strange. That's somebody else. If we're giving more time and more thought to anything other than God, 
then on the authority of the word of God, we can say that we're worshipping that thing. And it might be the best thing in the world. I need to be very careful that I don't worship those who are close to me. Or I need to be very careful that I don't worship those who, whom I have seeked approval from in the past. But pastor, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? The next slide is a quote from Ralph, Ralph Waldo Emerson, who was a, a president in the United States and a believer in Jesus Christ. He says, a person will worship something. Have no doubt about that. We may think our tribute is paid in secret in the dark recesses of our hearts, but it will come out. That which dominates our imaginations and our thoughts will determine our lives and our character. Therefore, and I love this word, it behooves us to be clear, uh, careful what we worship, for what we are worshipping we are becoming. I'm just going to leave that up. I'm going to close with this. This is probably the strangest and shortest message I've ever given in my life. But it's important. It's very, very important. Martha worshipped the service. But Mary sat at Jesus' feet and worshipped him. The metric of whether you're worshipping Jesus or not is this. It's the fruit of the Spirit in your life. If you're worshipping Jesus, we are big believers here in the sanctifying grace and power of Jesus Christ. And what that means is that we will be made more and more into his likeness. We call that the process of sanctification. And if we're being made more and more into his likeness, the metric is this. Are you displaying love? Are you displaying peace? Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control and joy in your life. The metric is this. Are you acting as Jesus would act? Are you behaving in the way that he behaved when he was here? When I was a teenager, there was this big craze going around that people would wear bracelets saying WWJD on them. And a few of you, a few of you are laughing and smiling because you remember them. And some of, some of you still have them. Where on our wrists, we would wear a bracelet that said, what would Jesus do? The metric of whether or not we are devoted to God is this. Are we doing what Jesus would do? That's it. That's it. And that's only going to come in our lives if we spend time in prayer with him. It's only going to come if we spend time in his word. It's only going to come if we, if we spend time with like-minded people who are all searching and pursuing God together. That's why these gatherings, and we looked at this last week, that's why they're so important. So important. 
But would we be a people who passionately pursue God through a life of devotion to him? The fruit will speak for itself. I wanted to honour your time. It's now half past. I'm going to pray. Then we're going to sing. But don't leave this place in a rush or in a hurry. If you've got to do business with God, do business with God. If you need somebody to pray with you, indicate to somebody that you need them to pray with you. Because I believe that the Spirit is here. And that the Spirit is at work. And we can grieve the Spirit by getting up and walking away. So if you do need to do some business with God, indicate to somebody. And we'd be more than happy to pray with you. But let's pray together before we close our time in song. Let's pray.